inside of reach. This pain and all this grief. If you see God and you have to speak, tell him it's crazy in these streets. Feel my pain and it's so deep. You're on Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sears XM, Channel 154. Yo, we are back at you again. That's right, Sunday, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 Eastern Time, that other place. I'm here with our great hosts. They're on the microphone making things happen, man. Have to make a few adjustments. They're here right now. What's up, brothers? Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Pastor Jay. Good to be here, Pastor Phil. What's up, Ruckus? Yo, what's good? This is your boy, DJ Ruckus. Happy to be here this Sunday, this Sunday morning with everybody. And DJ Ruckus is live and in color at his own new house. That's right. The boy got a new crib. Y'all was wondering where he's been. 5,000 square feet. I don't know how big it is, but it's huge. It's a good old spot, man. In his man cave. This is like the yes. first recording, first recording of the show at your, at your spot. Yeah, it is, man. I'm, I, I, you know, I was telling somebody the last house we had, man, I didn't have no space for myself. I had DJ equipment sitting on the dining room table and, you know, just. <laughs> It was just crazy. My wife come home. She see my my equipment sitting on the table. She's like, "Why is this? Why is the dining room table? Where she want me to <laughs> put it? You know." So now, man, we got a bigger space. I got a man cave and an office and space just yeah. for me. So it's uh, I'm still in the process of unpacking and getting this right. whole house set up for everybody, man. So man, con- congratulations, man. Congratulations. congratulations. Now, one thing you got to watch out, T. Is that uh, when you have a big house, I think I'm saying this in my own stuff, you tend to be like, oh, let me put this in the house because it's a big house. I can bring this in. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, how did this big house get so small? I got too much stuff in this big old house. You know? Well, we just kind of went through that with the last house, right? Just moving. Like, man, we got so much stuff. And right. there's still so much stuff over there. And it's just like. Now I'm kind of like, nah, you know, uh, we're not going to do things the same way we used to do. Yeah. Them, so. yeah. yeah. And it's always good. You know, they always have the spring cleaning or whatever, but it's always good to be on point for purging stuff. Like we purging stuff now. It, it, ain't even, yeah. it ain't even spring. Just getting stuff out the way. But, man, congratulations, man. So if you think about buying a crib, man, call DJ Ruckus. He'll tell you everything, how to do it. No. <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, whatever whatever path you guys are on out there listening, uh just continue to be um, straight with your finances and being able to manage them well um, as God will lead you in that way. I think as much as we can be good stewards with our with our dollars, I think it complements how, how much stewards we are with other things as well, right? So today, man, uh, we are talking about the ministries in which we serve. I know um, we've talked about them briefly back and forth and, you know, we've, we've uh, mentioned them um, and we talk about, you know, where to find us at. But today, man, we want to talk just a little, little bit more in depth about the ministry that we all serve from Lawner Community Church to um, CCDA to to uh, Crucible to the Firehouse and the House and really uh, just kind of explain a little bit how they relate to hip hop and the streets. Right. And looking at what uh, and why they are what they are. So, Pastor Jay, we're going to start with you, man. Um, just break down to us the ministry where you serve currently now and the role and and we'll bounce some questions back and forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to be on here, man. And easy to talk about this subject today. It's real life. <laughs> it's our everyday life, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
Uh, for those who don't know, I have recently become a pastor here at Lawndale Christian Community Church in North Lawndale on the west side of Chicago. Um, and I, I'm excited about this opportunity. Been pastoring now for over 20 years, but um, this is my first time having an assignment on the west side. Um, what I love about North Lawndale is that it's a neighborhood that reminds me of the one I grew up in on the South side in Inglewood, but at the same time, the close knit relationships, the way that people have lived here generationally, you know, ge generations and generations of families knowing each other, loving each other, looking out for each other. Um, and so Lawndale Christian Community Church is a ministry whose goal is to make sure that this neighborhood, North Lawndale, knows um, that they are loved, loved with the love of Jesus Christ, but not just loved in the sense of spiritually, but loved in every way, holistic ministry. Uh, so we, we believe in holistic ministry that serves both the body, the mind and the soul and in every way possible. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how we do that as this thing goes on. But that's where I yeah. am. Yep. So, so been passionate 20 years, um, and, and, um, God brought you over to Lawndale way long ago in connections with various ways. And now you're in this role as, as the lead pastor. Yes. And in, in that role, um, where, what was the inception that, that like, like, I mean, from, from whether, whether you want to share some of the history, but like the, the inception, even in your heart and life about this way of ministry, right? This is not mm. a normal, not say normal, but. It, it's it's not a way that is uh, typically pursued in, in local churches where you start from the people up or right. people, right. you know, in and around. So both, you know, your, your, your uh, own grasp of that in your own, in your own yeah. walk with the Lord, yeah. your own calling ministry, but then how it plays out in Lawndale and some of the history there. Yeah, a hundred percent. So um, if you've been paying attention probably to my perspective on some things just over the years, hopefully you've been riding with us for a while. This ain't your yeah, first episode. Yeah. But if it is, you know, um, I am a very hands-on, tangible, like the more tangible my faith is, the better for me. And what I love about the philosophy that we have here in Lawndale is that it's one that Pastor Phil was just talking about, where it begins with the ground. It begins with the people. It begins with the neighborhood. And we believe that when things need to be mended or repaired or, or they need to be healed, that you start with the people with the problem. The people with the issues are the ones that have the answers and have the solutions for that. So you don't come in and plop in and say, hey, uh, we have some great ideas. We're going to come in and fix your community for you. You sit down and through the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ, you listen well to the people who are already present and you walk alongside of the community so that they can lead you towards a path of, 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 of repairing the community or just walking alongside and not just repairing, but also magnifying all the beautiful things that are already present in communities that traditionally might be only uh, narrated by their negativity. So, so, um, so wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that the church listened to the people, listen to the community. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so what, what do you think is the, and I, I want you to keep talking about the, the work there, Londia, but what do you think is the challenge of why that's not the norm? Like, why isn't, yeah. I mean, you're serving the people. Um, why do you think that's not the regular routine or, or, or standard of, of, of ministry? Listen to the people first. 
Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I pretty I got a pretty simple answer for that is because <laughs> we like to be needed, right? Like okay. we as the church like for people to need us, right? We want we want dependency, not empowerment. We don't want our neighborhood mm. to feel like they can figure it out on their own because then what are we supposed to do? No, you wow. need the church. We need to come in and, and show you how to make things better and how to fix it. And so if we're not needed, if we're working ourselves out of a job, if we're trying to get out of the way of the community so that they can move forward, then we we lose sight of who we are. But what I love about the real gospel is that that's exactly what Jesus taught us. What Jesus taught us is that everyone is created in the image of God. Everyone has dominion, power, and authority given to them just because they're created in the image of God. They have giftings, they have skills, they have ability, they have power, right? And if that's true, then the church's job is just to go alongside and help people harness that power mm. so that they can go on and begin to change their own lived reality. So yeah, we want we want to be needed. And so we don't <laughs> like the idea of listening to other people. You know, how many times have all of us heard, oh, the church ought to be taking the lead on this. We got to be the front. The church is the one that's going to change everything. And my mindset <laughs> is, yes, but not because we're the change agents alone. I used to always say when I was in Inglewood, at the church I was formerly at at Canaan, that nothing in Inglewood changed because of Canaan's participation, mm. right? We had grocery stores opened and cafes opened, all these things that our church, as little as we was, definitely wasn't the reason that it happened. But I could also say none of the change happened in our community without the church, Right. So while we might not have been the catalyst that made everything happen, nothing was going to happen in our neighborhood without our involvement, because this is our place. This is our neighborhood. And God has called us to be here. And if God has called us to be here, then we are called to be God's tangible representatives in every area of our mm. community, in, every, in education, in public safety, right, in health care, in, in the legal system, in everything that happens in our community, the church ought to have its hands in it, even if we're just in a supporting role. We got to wow. be present and partner. Now, that takes that takes some patience, right? Because sometimes the churches, you know, even in the hood, you know, we, we, we got, you know, we got a revival to do. We got a revival, you know, <laughs> we got... Um, Things that we feel we got to urgently do after school program, which, you know, which may be relevant. But, um, you know, to, to sit and listen to the people and, and to then recognize here's some areas that that may not be in my sweet spot. Right. My sweet mm-hmm. spot is doing this part. And that, and all the community residents said, no, we just want, you know, grocery stores. We want we want something to we want safer areas where our kids can go back and forth to school. That's not my sweet spot. So. Um, we're going to get to that later, but, but to listen to the people takes time. It takes patience and, 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 and belief that God has already been working before you got here. Right. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. (laughs) That's you not the answer to it all. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that, that part, I think in some regards, um, foundations and whomever else don't necessarily, you know, seek to take the time uh, to, to do. And, and it's a great point. You mentioned that, you know, we want to be needed, right? We want to be needed. And uh, just owning that, owning that reality, right? Pastors and others uh, could be maybe a first step to unlocking a, a real holistic ministry. You know, what, what mm-hmm. that would really look like, you know, um, that it ain't on you and you don't got to be the fixer or the savior of it all as well, you know? Yeah, that, that get, reality. Yeah, that reality of we're not the savior is big. I always tell people, <laughs> I believe in the power of with. And, you know, this is one of the things I say. It's very different to say, I want to serve my community, to say, I want to serve with my community. 
right? When you add the word with, it completely changes the complexity of what you're saying. In one, you're the savior coming in to do all the serving. In the other conversation, there's people there already serving and now you're just getting in line to serve with everybody else, right? right? And when you add the power of with to almost any sentence, it changes the way it sounds and it changes your position as no longer just a service provider, but also a service recipient in the context yeah. of you doing volunteerism or work or things in the community. So, yeah, yeah. So, how did all that happen at, at, at Lawndale? Like, like I know there's a long history of it all, but what would be the sh- the, the, the the short the, version, the abbreviated yeah, the version. version? Yeah, right. yeah. The abbreviated version is back in the late seventies. A uh, young man named Wayne Gordon came to North Lawndale to be a teacher at Farragut High School. Upon coming, he was just coaching football and coaching wrestling and doing Bible studies with young people in the community. And from there, the young people started to learn a little bit more about the discipleship, getting discipled by him just in that weight room, working with a little broken down weight machine. And they started to realize that the church wasn't necessarily a building and all the, the the obstacles that were created around church for them, around having to dress up and bring money and, and you know, all the things that, that churches make you want to do. He just said, you know, that's not the church. The church is us gathering together as people. And so they looked at him and said, well, if that's the truth, then we a church. We come in here every week and, you know, lifting weights and reading the Bible and all that. And he was like, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. They're like, so why don't we just start having church right here? And uh, as reluctantly as he wanted to, he said, yes, him and his wife together, him and Ann. And and they started a church in 1978 that started with just a group handful of high school students. And it's grown now to be a church that's loving the community, loving the neighborhood. Well, 40, almost it'll be 45 years coming up in uh, yeah. in, in, in March. So, yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. 45 years. Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I moved there in 90. 90- three or so to be the youth pastor. And that's how I got connected to Lawndale. Um, Kerry Casey at that time was co-pastor, left Kansas City and went to Chicago and said, Phil, this is the place you got to come. And we came up to a second honeymoon singles conference, Willie Richardson, Pastor (laughs) Willie Richardson out of Philadelphia (laughs) at the second honeymoon singles conferences. And one was in Chicago on the anniversary of Lawndale Community Church in March. And so we came up, came to church there. And uh, at that time it was meeting in the, clinic side, you know, mm-hmm. um, where we had these partitions <laughs> Velcro together. They would take them apart and have church there. And then they would put the partitions back. We had dinner afterwards and Carrie said, this is where you need to come, boy. This is where you need to come. <laughs> this where you need to come. I said, man, I'm loving this. I'm yeah. loving this real authentic, grimy, just like, you know, and um, being able to, uh, you know, a little bit after that, 94, we, I believe we moved here, moved, moved in 94 and then, you know, have, have served Lawndale for a long period of time and then resigned and everything going on with the firehouse and still uh, a growing in that connection uh, with right. all that, that Lawndale right. is doing, you know? Right. Um, so the um, conversation today is we're talking about um, uh, interviewing each other a little bit about the ministries that we serve and why we do what we do. Pastor Jay is the lead pastor of Lawndale Community Church and has been involved in this type of work uh, for a long period of time. And in his own DNA, walking, journeying with people is the same DNA of Lawndale Community Church, which is not that other churches aren't doing that, but it's it's um, oftentimes far and few between that there are those churches that are, that are doing that. And so uh, Lawndale has grown. We have there's seven medical clinics. There's a mm-hmm. men's recovery home. There is a legal center. There is um, work we do at the firehouse. There is... Uh, connections with uh, uh, the farm on Ogden is an, an array of different times where the church has listened to people and these things have blown up. 
Faithful people to a faithful God. Yo, we'll be right back, Church on the Block. You're listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Holy Culture Radio, CSXM 154. Come right back. We got more in store. Yes, you are right at the right place at the right time on this channel, Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM Channel 154. We're talking to each other today a little bit about the ministries we serve and how we got to these areas. And, you know, out of these ministries birthed this radio show. I mean, the reason we do what we do, we call it Church on the Block, Real Talk about Hip Hop, the Church, and the Streets is because we talk about real talk about Hip Hop, the Church, and the Streets in practicality of our ministry. The work we do is what we talk about and how we express it in our opportunity to bring light to that. Oftentimes there's so much churchianity or there's so much tradition and, and, and some traditions are good, but in the context of it, stopping the gospel and moving forward where people are, are needs aren't being met and meeting people right where they are to take on God would happen to be, then it becomes <clears throat> tradition to me in that context. But we talked to Pastor Jay, um, who was the lead pastor of Lawndale Community Church, great MC, great friend, um, leader around the city of Chicago in an array of different ways and about Lawndale Community Church and his role and, and how he's always been that committed to holistic ministry. But where does this come from? There's a, there is a, a unique um, uh, thing that happens like folks start rapping. And then there's other people who say, you rap, yo, I rap, you rap for the Lord. What? Let's build, let's build. And then pretty soon you become a flavor fest, right? Pretty soon mm-hmm. you become a place where we can find some like-minded people to say, yo, this makes a lot of sense. I was thinking the same thing. And now you got a, a, a hub of people who, uh, live and serve in a, in a way they don't feel ostracized. They don't feel like I got this unction in my spirit to do this. And I don't know. It seems weird in the location I'm at in Houston. But okay, fortunately, Phil, through, unction. I hear unction. you. The unction in the spirit. With King James on this ruckus. Well, don't, don't let me bring my Pentecostal. Don't let me bring my Pentecostal. Um, unction, Lord. Unction, Lord. <laughs> uh, the um, the movement of uh, Wayne Gordon and, and, and uh, John Perkins from all of their work kind of individually brought together an organization called CCDA, Christian Community Development Association. And this is all free pub. We need to go after them on some commercials. But they have a, a, a national organization that serves you know, thousands of people around the country, around the world. Folks in Africa are involved in other countries, I'm sure, as well. And um, all started in in Mendenhall, Mississippi, and then from Chicago as a base, but now it's in um, somewhere else. Now, the home headquarters, are the headquarters of Chicago? Yeah. Headquarters yeah. of Chicago. Okay. CCDA, Christian Community Development Association, both myself, Pastor Jay, and uh, Ruckus have been involved. But Ruckus is a is a train, trained uh, instructor in the eight key components of CCDA. And we're going to talk to Ruckus about those eight key components and what that really means and uh, and how he's taught it. Because here's the thing. If you're hearing this and you're like, man, I, I think my church should be doing it or my church is about that kind of stuff, then connect with CCDA. Or if you don't know, you're interested, then then um, here is proof that there is um, some movement that wherever you may be doing, that 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 is it's kind of in line with that holistic effort. So, uh, Ruckus, tell us about CCDA and some of the, the, the key components of what they stand for. Yeah, so the eight key components, this is a test now, right? I hope uh, my professors are not listening, right? Uh, so there are eight key components. There's the three R's, reconciliation, redistribution, and relocation. Then there's a church base. There's listening to the community. There's holistic. There's um, empowerment. 
And did I say leadership development? That's the one. That's those it. are those are the eight key components right yeah. there. And so you you have these eight key components that what we believe is just some of the main characteristics of who Christ was and how he did things. Um, you know, I, I I would say there are certain ones that stick out to certain ministries. There, you know, when when I think about coming to Londale and finding Londale, meeting Phil Jackson, um, I came to Londale and I saw clinics and saw all of these things. I was just like, wow, it's something different happening here. Mm. And I was curious as to what was happening here and why it was happening here. Um, because what I was used to was just sitting in the four walls of a church and we'd have meals inside the church and everything we did was inside the church, but get to Lawndale and I find out all about these, this, this Christian community development theory. And, and, and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. So I, I started studying, started going to the, the, the Christian community development association conferences. Uh, eventually I became a, a certified trainer through the organization where now I, Every now and then I get to go to other places and train them around the eight key components in, in their community context to help them figure out how to impact the community in in a Christ-like way, not in the typical church way. Um, as Jay you. said, the presence of with the people. Mm, yes. Let me ask you about that, uh, T. So as you go and train in the places you've trained, have there been churches that like wanted you to come but didn't even know like there was a pathway to this? Like, like. They uh, knew John Perkins. They may have read his books. They may have maybe, maybe, you know, knew of some things, but like, yo, this is brand new to us. Like how did, how the reactions been? Yeah. So I I remember one of the trips that I got to take was to uh, Charleston, West Virginia. And most of the the people that attended that class were all young people. Uh, They had just been faced with the tragedy of a young man being murdered there on one of their community uh, basketball courts that, by the community center, uh, and so this whole concept of of the eight key components was was new and it was fresh to them. And and in the midst of them dealing with their own hurt and trauma around what was going on in their community. Wow! So that that uh, um, direction where they had you come forward it made it super duper relevant with what was going on, right? Like like yeah, engage how to engage for real in that space. So when you begin to teach this, like what are the what what are the pushbacks? Are there some pushbacks like folks like uh, maybe maybe just general pushbacks on some of the a key components that folks are just now hearing this and say, well, I don't know about this relocation. I just. just yeah. So, just- <laughs> so sometimes, you know, there are people who push back. Well, do I have to live in the community? No, you don't have to live in the community. It's, and one of the things I always tell people living in the community is not for everybody. Okay. And don't go into the community if you think you're finna go and change the community. Right. Go into the community with the mindset that I'm going to live and be with the people. One of the things I always tell people, I choose to live in the neighborhoods that I live in. Right. It's a choice. I could pack up and move to the suburbs, but that's not where my heart is. It's not where I want to be. I want to be right here with the people. I want to be where everything is happening, where I can be a part of the community so that we can all figure out how to solve some of the stuff that's going on in our city, in our right. communities. Um, so, yeah, sometimes there's some pushback on different things. And, that's you know, good. again, sometimes and Jay, you can probably speak to this a little bit. Sometimes there are organizations that focus. They feel like, do I have to focus on all of that? You don't have to focus on all eight key components. You can pick certain ones that just fit the type of ministry you have. 
Um, but there are certain ones you should always use, like listening to the community. So as I talked about West Virginia uh, going out there, um, knowing that they had a tragedy and everything that was going on, I said, fly me out early so that I can go to the funeral, so that I can be with the people, so that I can listen to their hearts and what's going on, so that I can get a context and understand what they're going through. Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's right. That's real good. I think the pushbacks are, I mean, especially on relocation, a lot of people, and I think it's a significant thing to say that people of color sometimes have pushback because (laughs) we often have the mentality of escapism equals, you know, success. I got out of that neighborhood. I got out of the community. And so now I'm successful. And what CCDA really does is it, it pushes you to think differently. Who said that that's what success meant, right? Do some people need to leave and have a different? Yes. Depending on what your lifestyle was and things, but everybody's not called to move away because all that does is continue the cycles that we see in our communities of the most brightest, the most, uh, you know, uh, gifted, the most talented, the people with that have, uh, uh, you know, done something with the giftings that God gave them in a, in a way always leave. And it just leaves people behind to say, man, if I hit the lottery or I got a wicked <laughs> jump shot, I'll catch a football. I'm leaving too. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, and so right. I think what I love about relocation is that like, it's a sign to, to the generation coming behind you that your place that you live is a place to invest in, not just a place to escape. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, it's tripped up when we talk, when you talk about that, right. I got four kids um, that, and, and three of my kids Two of them are like, yeah, I can't stand Chicago. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. But one of them, she's like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying right here. <laughs> you know, she wants to remain right here. She's comfortable. Mm. And and what other people may consider chaos and craziness. But she's like, no, this is home for me. And I don't have a desire to leave. So That's good. That's good. The, the remainers, right? The remainers. The remainers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah remainers. You know, and I get that. I get that. I mean- the the work of CCDA has um, has evolved from <clears throat> um, you know what way when it started back in you know Mendenhall, Mississippi, and all the movements there um, to being uh, uh, pursuing to be more you know relevant, like you're talking about that that uh, living in the neighborhood piece or the uh, relocation re, you know uh, uh, redistribution the the ebb and flow of what once was when it first started <clears throat> may look a little different. That's right. You know, so many years later. And CCDA is about almost 40 something years old now, too, right? Something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is late 30s, mid to yeah. late 30s. Yeah. 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 Same thing. You know, one of the key changes, I think, you know, until you could talk to this too, Ruckus, is like, yo, CCDA was all about um, trying to see communities transition or transformed. But when you start thinking about the ills of like gentrification and what it's meant for people to move back into the community, we've had to think about what language and what that really means, because you could have a community transform. And then the people that's been dealing with the ills all these years before when it was neglected and disinvested in now, all of a sudden money flowing in and all this stuff. And them people can't afford to live there anymore and they get kicked out. So CCDA has also had to think not just about, you know, community development. We've had to have a focus on justice and on yeah. just living and what it looks like to make sure that the poor are not kicked out as communities are transformed. And, right. And, and, and another thing is that we talk about relocation and you come from a place that, um, you know, maybe privileged or what have you, and you're passionate about this work and you have a skill as whether it's construction or whether it's business or whether it's a leadership or, or medicine or whatever, you got to recognize you got to do a lot more work to be 
engage in the residents in the community. What's crazy about the black community is that we'll, we'll welcome you as a white person coming in. Oftentimes, a lot more friendlier than a black person just moving in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting in that context. I, I, that's that, that's that, uh, you know, slave mentality in some regards, I think. It's yep. a whole, yep. whole history of that piece. But what I'm saying is there are folks who moved into the neighborhood who have um, – <clears throat> Just walk right from their house to where they got to work at, with their head down, not speaking to nobody. Uh, and then the residents I know in the neighborhood, why the white folks ain't speaking to nobody? Well, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Won't you just just get their attention, and say what's up to them? I can't yep. tell you why. But the reality is that become I'm gonna form, I'm gonna form my clan within the people I'm safe with in this area. But I'm not gonna I'm not really alert to attentive to the holistic move of why I'm even here. Like, are you gonna attend the alderman's meeting? Are you gonna go to caps meeting? The, you know, community area police, you know, you're going to go to the school council meeting. Are you going to find, are you going to vote for, you know, the different people on the school board or whatever cases. So now we see you at the spot. Now you become not only just this, this person who just moved here and the white person, blah, 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 but you become a part of this culture. And that, that, uh, and this, I'm saying all this because the evolution, evolution, evolution of CCDA, I think there's been a lot, a lot more tension or, or, or begins to be more tension around, those particular instances that that, that happened kind of uh, on, on on accident per se because you came here with this intention, but nobody really says anything to you about it. And they just kind of like, great, we're going to get we're going to benefit from this person who's here, but we're really not going to say nothing because we don't know what else to say. But the the point is, is that being a being intentional about living in the neighborhood means that you are also intentional about engaging the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? You're intentional about. Um, having folks to uh, to be uh, um, one with in the community, you know. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned CCDA um, in light of ministry wise and Terrence's involvement, um, my involvement in, in, in Pastor Jay. For those of you who are listening, as we're explaining the ministries we serve, as we're as we're as we're uh, uh, doing this radio, it mimics the ministry ministries we serve. And if you're unfamiliar with them, we want you to go look up Lawndale Community Church, look up um, CCDA, um, Christian Community Development Association. The conference this year is going to be in November or something like that in South Carolina, in, North Carolina. In Charlotte, North, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina, right? And so being able to go check it out, there's probably going to be some things online as well. But there is um, a, a movement of God, I believe, in, 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 in this work uh, where there is uh, uh, folks who are Trying to be relevant, not trying to be, but engaging the relevancy of, of of young people who are straight away from the church, move away from the church because they don't see that tangible, realistic, um, touchable faith. And having that, uh, having a ministry start from where the people are uh, from there, um, I believe, creates that much more organic space. And so no matter where you are serving, you may say, I'm just coaching a baseball team. That might be the space where God's got you meeting with those parents about what other needs that go beyond baseball, school and things like that. There may be a CCTA kind of model in that holistic effort that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. T yeah. other ministries that you're also serving that uh, you want to touch base on and what, what you're about and, and, and Jay, we didn't do this, but where you're, where, where folks can reach you a little bit more elaborately is, is that, but what other ministries did you serve that you want to share? on? Yeah. Um, I, I serve at my church, Lawndale community church, um, uh, Man, I heard they I, got a great pastor. I, I, I heard so too. I heard so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and of course, the place where I work, uh, the Firehouse Community Art Center, 
uh, which is an awesome place to, to work and is an awesome pillar in the community for young people to come and be free. And 100, 100. it's a neutral ground for the gangs in our community where they can come as well and get work, get mentorship, get pushed to the next level in life. Um, and so I get to, to work with some awesome young people there. Um, of course, the, the Crucible Project is another ministry I serve. And then there's the Foster Foundation, which is the, the family, my kids, my wife, that I get to serve every day. The Foster Amen. Foundation. I like the Foster Foundation. Foster <laughs> Foundation. And, and donations That's where the majority be... of his money go, y'all. He needs, <laughs> he needs donations for the Foster and Foundation. Donations yes, to the Foster yes. Foundation can be delivered to, mailed to. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned um, both the firehouse and crucible. Um, I just want to make sure, you know, Phil is very humble, y'all. But me and DJ Ruckus, we both like we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now without the example of Pastor Phil Jackson. And so uh, he talks about the firehouse. But really, man, I, I was introduced to Lawndale by uh by pastor phil uh when he started the house back in the day <laughs> so, so when we come back let's talk to pastor phil we got to <laughs> got to church on the block we'll talk about hip-hop the church and the streets what's good so we back and uh this is your boy dj ruckus you've had an opportunity to, to just to hear some of the ministries that pastor jay has served at and what he's doing, uh, his his day-to-day operations, what that looks like in his life, what his heart is. And you got to hear some of the stuff uh, about my life and all the ministries that I'm, in, I'm involved in. But, you know, as Jay said before we, we went on a break, neither one of us and probably a whole lot of other people wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for Pastor Phil. So, Phil, talk to us a little bit about your journey because – Man, you, you you got a powerful journey. So talk to us. Where'd you start at? And let's take let's go on this journey with you. Yeah, okay, bet, bet. <laughs> so I'm on the west side of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> Crazy KC, baby. Yep. Twenty fifth and twenty-seventh and um and um served ministry uh with young people in the juvenile detention center, man. So, so, you know, I was working in the juvenile detention center free voluntarily going every day doing Bible studies because I knew I could not not do something with young people. Like, like I had to uh, walk alongside, share the life of young, where, where, where God had brought me from. Right. You know, God, I believe delivers people two ways. He delivers you from stuff and out of stuff, right? He took me out of a bunch of stuff. And so I had to go, I felt this need. We created this thing called project comeback. Well, at the same time, I'm serving at a church um, uh, called St. James United Methodist Church, where Emmanuel Cleaver was the pastor who also married Kim and I. And um, he said, no, Phil, that's ministry. I'm like, yo, I work with kids in juvie. Like, I don't know what you mean, ministry. Well, I wasn't even thinking about it. I, I work with these kids in juvie detention center. And they come out and we have a project come back and they do 500 uh, community service hours and they get a job. And he said, no, that's ministry. And so here I'm at this Methodist church, man, and, and uh, I'm he said, I went me out of breakfast and God's called you to, to, to this ministry. And I started working with the youth ministry. And and from there, I man, I just could not not let that go, as well as just the reality of making the word real, man. Yo, God is crazy about you. And and yet oftentimes in the church I grew up in, it was all, always about, which is not a problem, but the deity of God seemed to be untouchable to the stuff I was dealing with. Right. And being able right. to make make that tangible inside of juvie 
and on the streets and, and in church. And so from there, I, I left uh, the United Methodist system because I did not want to travel every three years to another church or another city and things like that. Um, and ended up coming to Paseo Baptist Church where Tony Evans was discipled by by Pastor Briscoe and a lot of great pastors, a lot of brothers in the civil rights movement were touched by Pastor Briscoe and um, just ordained me there. And I was there for a couple of years as a youth pastor. And we did some hip hop stuff. We did some plays. We brought these kids in from the project. We did this evangelism stuff on the block and uh, different stuff we we were doing. There was new in, in that kind of aggressive, aggressive kind of way within Kansas city, but it was normal to me. And so Carrie Casey who was co-pat who was a, Co-pastor of London Community Church was also national urban director of FCA, who was in Kansas City. Said, "Hey, man, I'm moving to Chicago to serve at this church." And then we came to visit and just fell in love. And they had a position open for this youth pastor role, and so we moved to London Community Church. Man, serve as a youth pastor there, and from there, man, was just uh, um, going ballistic in life of stuff with young people. Man, doing crazy stuff from from trips to camps to stuff locally in the hood. Um, hitting the block every day, uh, tapping on the shoulders of the guys who I knew would never come that way to the church. Now they came to the gym. We had a gym ministry. They would come there and hoop. Uh, a couple of crazy incidences happened, right? And uh, some of them guys are on staff now at the firehouse from some of those crazy incidences. And uh, just beginning to recognize that, man, um, there's a there's a whole ton of young people who are not resonating with this gospel, you know, and, and hip hop raised me up, you know, old school hip hop uh, from back in the day. And so I was like, what could we do with some young people? We started a church that way, man. And so we met with some young people and said, okay, if you were an alien and you were trying to tell people about God or church, like what, what would you tell them? Well, what kind of church would you have them to go to? Well, first of all, you can't have no church announcements. You can't have a bunch of choirs and all these different things. I said, what if they said hip hop, they had to have some engagement with the congregation and do something back and forth. And so out of that conversation in um, from 02 to 03, um, birthed this conversation about having a church called The House. And we named it The House because we believe that in the conversation with young people, everything starts in the house. You, you first learn to walk in the crib. like you, you, Your family raises you in the house. Your first teacher is your mama in the house, right? And so we believe that unless the Lord builds that house, right, those are labor, labor in vain. And so let's go back what? to that house. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so, man, we had uh, an intentionality to make sure that that we didn't do anything that you felt like you were going to be, uh, that was going to happen at, at your own church, right? And we wanted to make sure that we're not trying to snatch you from that church in either. If your mom and them say, you know, we're going to keep going on Sunday, you go to that church on Saturday, you better come, you better be ready on Sunday morning. We didn't want to be about like snatching you from another spot. We wanted to be real, relevant, and respectful. Those are three R's that I believe are embedded in hip hop. Uh, and I say respectful, meaning that they embrace the inclusivity of everybody. They may not be respectful on a disc record. They may not be disrespectful <laughs> on, a, on a battle, but they're going to be respectful in the culture and, and embracing inclusivity. So in the context of that, that's our, our, our mode, man. And we, man, we had a crazy uh, amount of young people coming on the first Saturday of every month, man. We had four or 500 young people coming out. And we didn't know how to handle it, really. We, we weren't ready for it, per se. I, I don't think I was like, yo, what do we do? How do we disciple these cats? And every Monday we met at Bible study, we, and we flushed out what we want that service to look like. And young people made it happen, man. And uh, we are now in conversation trying to see if we can meet on this Saturday about the house, how we could rebirth that. That was 03 is when it started. Um, 
And so we believe that the house is still alive and live of other people. There's a lot of folks that are involved. Some folks talk to me about doing a documentary on the house, like, like they're trying to meet with different people who experience the house and things like that. So I'm like, man, that, that'd be the bomb. And, and from that though, young people are like, yo, we do this art stuff every Monday. We're here doing this. Can we do the arts every day? Like, where's the space? I said, that's a great idea. So we started doing art inside the church, Lawndale Community Church, uh, where then at that time I was, um, uh, associate pastor and and um, like over over kind of use of a Terrence Gaston, Doctor Terrence Gaston uh, was a youth pastor. <laughs> DJ Rocco, DJ Rocco, right? <laughs> and uh, he uh, was a great DJ, great preacher, great leader, <clears throat> and um, and so from there we were doing all these different art things in the building, and then we bought this firehouse in the Chicago Fire Station um, in 07. And from there, the Firehouse Community Arts Center was born. That is the, the outbirth of young people hearing and listening to the young people. And the seven art disciplines came from the young people, right? And we had two big community meetings. The young people were there, passing out the surveys. And the community said, yeah, we want it. We want to see this in our neighborhood. And so I believe ebb and flow of people staying in Lawndale, moving and living and staying, coming back and forth. We've seen that proof that they see this as a valuable, valuable place. And our mission at the Firehouse is to interrupt the cycle of violence in the life of youth and young adults uh, through the power of arts and faith. Um, no, the mission of us is to interrupt the cycle of violence in North Lawndale among the lives of youth and young adults through the power of arts and faith. And so we want kids who uh, are not involved in that, but maybe, maybe they're not perpetrators of violence, but they're, uh, exposed to it. And so that's that 13 to 18 group that are involved in after school programs, um, dance and tech and, you know, DJ classes and audio engineering and film. And then those who are involved in that, who need some, uh, strength and support to, to find another path, they're involved in our VIP violent interruption work, right? With Terrence Foster, DJ Ruckus, who's a great navigator mentor. And as we continue to find houses to be putting guys in, we'll kind of lead that whole arm of our work where guys can really grow in a place that they can, their days can match their nights while they're, while they're in that space. Right. And so that's a little bit about that journey like that, man. Um, it's all, you know, it doesn't come out of anywhere else, but like all of us, right. Out of our own DNA, right. It's in our right. DNA and yeah. this kind of work. Right. So we could be at the grocery store talking a little shorty. Like, what's your name, man? What's your own? You know? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So, yep. tell me, uh, what what are some of the the big name Christian artists that have come through the house uh, when the house was up and running, and they probably yeah. weren't even big name artists back then. They were probably just <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobodies, and, 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 and now they big artists. So, talk to us. Yeah, we name had, drop. Uh, we want a name drop. Name <laughs> drop, Phil. Name drop. <laughs> well, we had one one six click. One one six click was there. We had uh, Lecrae. You know, we've had um, Grits uh, yeah. from back in the day, Corey Red and Precise. Uh, uh, what's my man out of, out of Cleveland, man? Uh, uh, drama. K-Drama. K-Drama. Yeah. You know, um, we've had, um, well, we had A1 Swift when A1 Swift was together. A1 Swift mm-hmm. was rocking, right? Yeah. Uh, cross truth. Movement. Yeah. Cross Movement. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. We had overflow into overflow. We had monitors and TVs <laughs> and spaces. We even, we even bought pizza for people who were in the overflow, man. Thank yeah. y'all. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had some great 
um, artists locally that have really done 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 well. Uh, you know, um, uh, C Dub. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we've had Gemstones. Um, Gemstones yep. who used yeah. to rock with uh, used to rock with Lupe. And uh, yo, man, it's just a a, a blessing to really see. Because when you're in the midst of what you're doing, oftentimes you don't necessarily know what all is happening. Really, you're in the midst yeah. of it, you know. You do, and then you look up and be like, "Wow!" And, and talking to so many young people, a woman came to visit us at the firehouse the other day who knows uh, your your bride, uh, uh, Ruckus, and she worked for the city. She's like the house impacted my life. I was it was church, my church, and the house because school, yeah. high school was horrible for me, and just seeing and now she's working with the city of Chicago and doing some great work in her own ministry stuff. But just knowing that that moment in time and continuing to look at what God is leading us to do next. Um, God had that working that way. Man, it's, it's man, just you're crazy. missing out on one that you got to shout out, man. And there was like, there was people who came to Lawndale, like came to the house, but there were yeah. other young people who were developed at the house. They were developed in Lawndale and like Aaron McCain, also known as Ooh, Cannon, yes. one of the dopest MCs out right yes. now in the Christian circle. That's pa- like, that is Pastor Phil, DJ Rock on. That's they influence on this young man and his heart oh, for why, how yes. he makes music now, man. And that's why his music is played even outside of like Christian, like his music is played in all areas because he understands what it means to do holistic ministry and to be real about your heart, man. So I just wanted to make sure you ain't miss out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in my head cloudy, like trying to think all these different things. Thank you for catching up. Yeah, well, look, I was going to say them if you if Jay did. So okay. I'm glad you got to say it because you know it is a beautiful thing when people come. Uh, we we always get these flock of young people, mostly white kids, coming to tour Lawndale and hear about the stories. And I, I love to take them in Phil's office. And I'm like, anybody here listen to Christian hip hop? And they be like, yeah. I'm like, y'all know who Cannon is? They be like, yeah. I'm like, that's his picture right there. This is what this is his home. This is <laughs> yes. where he started. And I love to tell that story because it is a part of the story. He is a that's part right. of the story. That's right. You know, that's so right. man. A big part of the story. Jesus in my hood. I still got that video, boy. That thing was so <laughs> biblical, like like the, the 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 incarnation. Jesus in my hood did his own video. The boy video did his own videos, did his own music. Mm-hmm. Everything, man. We had Outworld, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we had wow. Anti-World. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Even Jay Quest, Jay Quest and, and Breathe, Verbal Quest, Verbal man. Quest, they, were, yes. they were house MCs, man. man. Like, yeah. uh, then we had Macau and the crew called Holy, Holy Culture. Culture. Yes. Yeah. The Holy yes. Culture. They call themselves yes. the THC. I was like, yo, y'all got the THC? You know, I, I, I'll say this, man. I, I'm 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 sad that I am jealous that I did not get to meet you in the earlier stages of when the house was going, because I hear all the stories and I'm like, man, I missed out on something epic. But at the same time, I still got to meet and be a part of it. You know, yeah. I got two little cousins. They're in their 30s. They tell me they went to a church called Living Word Christian Center. Yeah. Pretty big church on uh, the west suburbs of, of outside of Chicago. But their youth pastor took them to the house. Mm-hmm. And they tell me stories about how it was lines outside and they had to sit in the overflow room and stuff like that. So, again, <laughs> just, man, thank you, Phil, for the impact you've had in so many people's lives, including our own. And so, man, yeah. I, I just want to say thank you and I appreciate you because I wouldn't be in a lot of different places if you were not, if I hadn't met you when I met you. 
Praise yeah, God. I probably have a little bit more money in my pocket, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> right. Man, oh, man. Well, I, I praise God for y'all brothers, man. You you know, this ministry ministry is a journey, right? And um, that journey can't be alone, right? And partnering with y'all, man, through the ups and downs of life stuff, first of all, and then ministry stuff has been able to give a breath of fresh air to, to, to me and to all of us to be able to, hi, I ain't in this alone, you know, and, and, it, and it don't mean that we're going to solve each other's problem. It just means that we're going to talk, we're going to listen, we're going to journey and um, carry each other's burdens as God will lead us to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so this is our work, y'all. This is our work. You know, um, where can you catch you up at, uh, Pastor Jay? Where can we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I just wanted to give you a few things. Phil talked about it. You can find, uh, you can reach me, of course, at Pastor Jay on social media, P-A-S-T-A-H-J. And there, hopefully you can link to all the ministries I'm connected to. Lawndale Church, Lawndale Christian Development Corporation, Lawndale Christian Health Center, Lawndale Christian Legal Center. Um, from there, you can catch, you can get to all those things just by following me. And also uh, ccda.org. So, thank you, uh, Ruckus. Yeah, you can find me at on Instagram at uh, Ruckboy C three one two chi Ruckboy three one two chi um, the Firehouse Community Arts Center, Lawndale Community Church, uh, the Crucible Project. I mean, the list goes on. But if you want to really find me, come on to Chicago and come to the Firehouse Community Arts Center, and I'll give you a tour. Yeah, yes, yeah. Sir. Dropping bars. Young doctor was called into ER early in the morning and he was tired. He was trying to get somebody else to do this particular surgery and, and just stand in his place, but he couldn't do it. And they were like, Doc, you're the best one to work on this kid. His kid's got internal bleeding. He got hit by a car riding his bike. And so the doc got up early in the morning. It was cold. It was, he was in Chicago. It was Cook County Hospital. And he gets in his car and it's snow on the window and it's ice a little bit. And he's going down the, the road. And every once in a while, he'd get out and kind of scrape some of the stuff off of his car so he could see. And um, he gets to a stoplight right as he's about to hit the highway. Man, and he saw a guy with a brown coat and a brown hat as he got out to kind of scrape some of the ice off. And this guy with a brown coat and a brown hat grabbed him, grabbed, you know, Moved him out of the car, said, I got to get to the hospital and, and, and moved him out the way and jumped in his car, took off to the hospital. Well, this is back in the day with no Ubers and Lyfts and, had a, and even no cell phones. So 45 minutes later, he gets to the hospital by the way of the police and others helping him. And um, he walks in and the doctors, the other doctors, and the nurse said the boy passed away. We couldn't help. The father's in the ER, though, if you want to go see him. So the father is in the ER. The doc is still shooken up by this. He goes into the ER and he sees a man with a brown hat and a brown coat. The source to cure this boy's ailment was the doctor that he pulled out of the car. I wonder how many times in my life have I pulled Christ out of the way and substituted for my way. My challenge to you today is trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord that his way is greater than your way. Even in the midst of whatever you may be facing right now, even in the midst of pain and trauma, God can make a way. Yo, this is Pastor Phil. I'm out, Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church in the streets. we we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Feel my pain, it's so deep. That make it hard to see.